Hello strangers, my name is Rose Gothop. I am the writer-director of this podcast and I want to welcome you to The Greenlands Presents. This podcast is all about the magical world of the Greenlands. If you want more information about the Greenlands or want to submit a script or be involved in the project as a voice actor or even just, you know, throw money at us, check out our websites at the-greenlands.com, the-greenlands.com, or tweet at us on Twitter at GreenlandsThe or Instagram. These also will be put on YouTube. excited for this new season called The Baroness's Beef. Called that because she has beef with everyone. It's a problem. As with the previous two seasons, we meet a new cast of people and also meet some old returning favourites. This season, we get to meet Adamant's family and find out why it is that he is like that. The events of this season occur while the boys are away at school and then on their quest to the Sisters of the Middle Sun, so it runs parallel to the Knights Erratic. As more episodes from this new season come online, we will be removing old episodes of The Night's Erratic and putting them up on YouTube and on an archive on our website on thegreenlands.com. For this episode of The Baroness's Beef, I would like to thank our amazing cast, Andrew Veal, Charles Mode, David McCran, Helen Vary, Kitty Bennett, Linda Dutson, Sam Parry, Sophie Cole, Vicky Holding and Zoe Cunningham. I hope you all have a lovely and fantastic week. Scene 10. Interior Castle. Still room. Day. Ethelberta and Imelda are standing at different ends of a big table, with a different pile of plants each. Imelda is wrapping strings around them and hanging them up onto a metal grid above them. Ethelberta is stripping her twigs and building up a pile of leaves on the table. Yes, but to ensure a steady stream of possibles if there's only the Countess's boy, who, whom we loads, and Sir Atheltoad's boy, who does rather fit his name. Well, Bertie, there are all of the families that I used to be a companion for. Oh, yes. Were you with quite a few families then, Smelly? Oh, yes. A duke, three earls, two marquises and at least five barons. Wonderful. You must write to them all immediately. They weren't too far away, were they? Most were in the county. Ethelberta stops her work, as does Imelda. Quite a few sons amongst them, huh? Oh, yes, and I seem to remember quite a few pretty ones, too. Though it was a few years ago now. Let's go up and write to them now. Ethelberta strides off, leaving Imelda to follow with pestle and mortar and a big pan. Scene 11. Exterior Woods. Morning. Burb and his 14-year-old dwarf friend, Kazak, are hanging around. Burb is in his usual combination of woodsman gear with a clean white shirt, with a couple of big stains on it. Kazak has a straggling bit of a beard that he has nonetheless plated and hung bits of gold from. His clothes are basically medieval woodsman gear, with leather armour plating over his torso, and a helmet. Kazak is sitting on a stone, 
in a glade, striking a stone with a flint, trying to make sparks. And Burb is roving around the edge of the glade, switching plants and trees with a hazel switch and pausing from time to time. It's a mouldy shiz, though, because Father said I can't start night streaming till I'm 14. I'll be grown up and married by then. Life will be over. You're lucky, boy. My digging training started two years ago, and now I have to do three digging days a week. Oh, well, glad I'm not you, Kazakh. <laughs> well, maybe your father would let you do nice training with me. Ha! <laughs> Chance would be a fine thing. Anyway, if Da ever did let me train as a warrior, I would have to go down to the depths to train with the deep warriors. Not with your lot. See? Yeah, but meanwhile, we're not getting any practice in warfare, are we? Father confiscated my bow after I hit his bull and it went mad and broke the fence. Maybe we'd need some sort of other weapon which isn't a bow, then. See? Burb returns to the stone and looks interrogatively at Kazakh while switching. What? Like, build one? Why not? Yes! Burb smiles. Scene 12. Interior Castle Solar, morning. Ethelberta is writing a letter. She is reading it back to herself. Dear Marchioness, Thank you for your very kind inquiry letter in response to Imelda's missive. How delightful to find that you, too, have a young person teetering on the brink of adulthood and sighing for the companion of his life. Our Wisa is, of course, besieged with suitors, but is still always open to hear from a new and interesting young man, especially one from such a distinguished family as the Marquis and Marchioness of Dungill. Any time that you could find to pay us a visit will be delightful to us, and in the interim, I remain your humble servant, Ethelberta, the Baroness Brethnack. Ethelberta sits back and smiles. The door slams open, and the Baron strides in. Ethel! Where's a clean shirt? He inspects himself and claws at his dirty shirt. His hand is sticky when taken away. Got something sticky on this one. Oh, hello, Harold. I missed you at breakfast. Are you busy? I thought perhaps we could... We could... No, nope. too busy, too busy. Where's my shirt? He strides out, Nethelberta sighs, and looks wistfully after him. Scene 13, Exterior Woods, Day. Clarissa, Ethelberta's friend, and Ethelberta are out walking when they see a wild rabbit in a cage on the floor near a thin piece of twine. She points to the rabbit in the cage. Oh my god, the poor thing. They're like totally victims. They rush over and bend down to look. Oh, he's such a sweetie. Look at him. We just got to let him out before the woodsman comes to empty the trap and has like Coney for dinner. Yisa starts to open the cage when she gets hit by a small stone. Ow! She gets hit by another. Ow! What the? She looks up and sees Burb and Kazak across the glade. They are waving a catapult around. Yisa shoots to her feet and tears off across the glade, followed by Clarissa. I'm going to get you for that, Burb Brethnak. Burb and Kazak whoop and leap, then rush away, far faster than the girls, who are hindered by their skirts. Scene 4, Exterior, Castle Garden, Morning. Ethelberta is giving instructions to the gardeners, 
with Imelda standing by with a basket. The orders are obviously at variance with each other, and one gardener is going one way, and then he is going the other. One is picking something up, and then the other is taking it off him and going the other way again. The two gardeners look thoroughly confused, as Ethelberta is keeping up a stream of comments to Emilda at the same time. Emilda is nodding, in differential agreement. Ethelberta and Emilda then walk away, sit on a bench, and get out their knitting gear. They start winding a skein of wool into a ball. Emelda is holding the skein, and Ethelberta is yattering away, whilst winding the ball. Yisa comes swiftly into the garden, followed by Clarissa, and walks up to her mother in a huff. Mother! Something has to be done about Burb! He's insane! Ethelberta looks at her, and then Clarissa. What has he done now, girls? He's pelted us with that catapult thing he's made now, and we nearly died. Like, nearly died? Ethelberta breathes in, heavily. All right, girls, I'll talk to your father later with Sir... when I can find him. Scene 15, Interior Castle Workshop, Morning. The Baron is perched on a chair, oiling the haft of a sledge-axe busily. He leans back and roars through a half-open door. Bagnold! You got that crossbow ready yet? The outer door opens, and Stettil comes in. The Baron looks up and is less than enthusiastic. Oh, it's you. Ah, good morning, Harold. Well, I'm in rather a hurry this morning, Stettil. Uh, got a boar hunt. You coming? Uh, what? Uh, a boar? Oh, no. Not, not boar. Besides... I have the devotions to the stars later on today, and I don't want to be late for my congregation. The Baron gets up. No, me neither. Uh, uh, do you want anything, Steddle? Um, just to ask for a little loan, Harold. What? Another? What happened to the one last fortnight? Oh, one has bills when one's friends visit. The price of dessert wines has risen inordinately, and, um, we of... You know, um, goblin stock. Have to make extra hospitality efforts with the elven aristocracy. But can't you budget to live within your means? A gentleman has to have the means of remaining. Uh, a gentleman. I would have thought that a gentleman kept out of debt. Stettel sinks down onto the chair, which the Baron has vacated. Oh, that's easy to say when one has a Baron's lands. The Baron sighs and looks irritably towards the door. Ugh, how much? Oh, just a few florins should do. The Baron rolls his eyes and gets his wallet out. Scene 16. Interior castle dining room, evening. The family, including Imelda, is having its pudding. So she asked how many armed retainers we had, and I was forced to have to tell her that we only had four, and they weren't usually armed. The Baron glowers at Ethelberta. I've said this before. Burb leans anticipatingly out to help himself to more of the strawberry blancmange, which is half eaten on a plate in the middle. He picks up the serving spoon on its plate when... That will do, Burb. Oh, why? You may not have seconds, especially after what you did to Issa. Yes, tell him, Mother. Burb looks utterly mystified and puts his hands out. What have I done? You know full well that you attacked Wisa and Clarissa with that catapult thing. Was it a hit? Oh, yes. Smack right in the beak. I will not have this kind of behaviour, Burb. I've got a train to be a knight. 
Your training doesn't start for another 18 months yet. Harold, take the catapult thing off him, please. We took it off him before, and now he's using it again. The Baron belches and looks up. Uh, what? Now? Immediately after dinner, please, Harold. She pushes her chair and arises majestically. She looks at the other woman. Ladies? They majestically arise too, and sail with her out of the room. Scene 17. Interior Castle Solar. Evening. Later. Ethelberta goes to seat herself near the fire, and Emilda picks up some of the sewing. Yisa sits on a tuffet near the fire, opposite her mother. Oh, Louisa, before I forget, the Marchioness of Brackenridge is sending her son down to say hello to us. He's coming for afternoon tea the day after tomorrow. Why does this boy want to say hello to you, Mother? Louisa, you know full well what I mean. Well, he can say hello all he wants. I'm not marrying him. You will receive him along with me as a general social call, and you will be polite and make conversation. Or you won't ride out on Fluffy for a whole week. Yisa gets up and starts to go out. Fine. As long as he doesn't start to make cow eyes at me, or something hideous like that. She sails out. Scene 18. Interior castle. Yisa's bedroom. Morning. Yisa is lolling on her bed in Burb's leggings and jerkin, and her friend, Clarissa, in a dress, is seated by the window, half looking out. So, I've got to entertain the beast tomorrow. Isn't he called, like, Oswald? Dunno. Haven't seen him. But I can't marry him! Why can't? Yisa suddenly sits up, with her back against the bedhead. Because. Just because! Well, if you get off of some bows who you don't want, like, just push them my way, will you? Or my mother is going to marry me off to my stupid cousin. Oh, yes. Cedric. Um, all right. Issa heads towards the door, and Clarissa follows her. <sighs> now come and help me rescue more animals before Blatt the ranger finds them. Scene 19. Interior Castle Solar. Afternoon. Issa is sitting, grumpily, in a dress, slumped onto a chair with cushions. She is frowning and listening to conversation outside in the hall. This way, Oswald. Just through the room ahead. Footsteps are heard. The door opens and Oswald comes into the room. He stands looking blankly at Yisa, who looks back, worryingly, at him. Oswald is an average to plain young man, with his hair greased down, unflatteringly across his brow. He is holding his hat in his hand and turning it around. Ethelberta sails in and takes a seat by the fireplace. She gestures to a chair nearby and a maid comes in and places a tray of food on a smallish table near to Ethelberta. Now do take a seat, Oswald, and have a piece of my pie and some ale. She hands him a tankard and a plate with a piece of pie on it. This is my daughter, Uisa. Oswald nods at Uisa. Charmed, I'm sure. Ethelberta hands her daughter food and drink. Uisa is looking mullish, but takes it and puts the food and drink on her elbow table. We haven't had the pleasure of a visit from you before, Lord Oswald. Oswald proceeds to demolish his cake with alacrity. Yes, well, I don't get out that much, and when I do, it is only to visit people of note. 
My father is a Marquis, you know. Uh, yes, uh, I do know that, and, and... And he has so many people who want to know him that he and I have our hands full. Oh, I can imagine that you, you... And then, of course, there's my bugs. Yisa smiles, leans forward, interestedly, raises her eyebrows and asks... Bugs? Yes, I have a great collection which I catch and pin to boards. My room is full of them. Why do you... I have over 189 blue carapace beetles, and the other collectors in the Shire only have 50 at the most. Oh, that's very... I'm branching out into damselflies now, but they're difficult to get pins into and will keep wriggling for hours on my boards. Any more cake? Ethelberta looks a bit queasy and smiles faintly. Yisa looks at her and smirks to herself. Scene 20, Exterior Woodlands, Morning. Yisa and Ethelberta are sick visiting, again, with their baskets. They see a woman outside of a cottage who sees them. The woman does not acknowledge them, but looks alarmed and hurries back inside, slamming the door. Ethelberta looks faintly surprised. They walk on along the track. He is a lord, and will be a Marquis one day, Yisa. I don't care if he is a king, mother. I am not seeing the creep again. He's a fine, well-made young man, with a hobby. Ugh, he's a weedy, bug-murdering oik. You can't mean it, Mother. Ethelberta shrugs a little and sighs. Well, I suppose he's not the sort of man that your father would want for you. I think the first time your father roared at him, he would run back to his bugs. Yisa turns and hugs her mother. Oh, good old Mama. See, you can tell a toad when you see one. And you won't palm me off on a beast, will you? Ethelberta absently pats her daughter's head. Oh, Issa, you will have to do what we say, because all proper young women obey their parents. Issa looks docilely downwards. Yes, ma'am. Scene 21. Exterior village street, morning. The high street is quite busy. Ethelberta and Imelda come walking down the road. Imelda is carrying the empty basket, and Ethelberta is rapidly talking and gesticulating at her, telling a story, and Imelda nods, interestedly. Suddenly, they see Stettel coming towards them. Stettel approaches them and bows. Baroness, Lady Imelda. They nod to him, and Ethelberta looks a bit bored and wanting to escape. She looks covertly around. Delighted to see you both. Are you out for a few purchases, then? Morning, Stettel. Um, just the drapers. Ah, one must clothe oneself, and how magnificent you ladies look. Are you well, then? Oh, not too good, Ethelberta. I think that my monotonous diet of a little fish with wild weeds does not agree with my delicate constitution. Ethelberta glares sourly at him. I suppose that our beeves, lamb, claret and fruits must similarly disagree with you as well, then. The priest gives a little self-conscious laugh. Uh, <laughs> ah, I see that you are heading for the village, still without the security of some armed retainers, Ethelberta. Well, it's a good job that the only people who would be bothering me in our own village are passing beggars, then. Hmm? She smiles superiorly and sails on with Yussi. Good day, Stettel. Scene 22. Interior village, draper's shop, morning. Ethelberta and Imelda enter the little village shop and the entry bell tinkles. The draper's wife from behind the counter looks up uninterestedly. 
She nods to the two women. Morning. Good morning, Mistress Walleye. Can I... Who is it, then? It's her, from Up Castle. Oh, her, then, eh? I just came to return this bit of cambric and ask for another in return, as it is slapped. She extracts the smallest piece of cotton from Imelda's basket and holds it up for inspection. I beg your pardon. What on earth do you mean? Declining to inspect. Slubbed means that it is... I know what slubbing is, and when that fabric left me, it were in proper condition. But I asked for a fine cambric with for personal wear, and not a heavyweight cambric with slubbing. I don't recall you asking for that. Ethelberta appeals to Imelda. You were there, Sm- uh, Imelda. Tell her. Imelda is perplexed. Um, I can't quite... Uh... Ethelberta turns back to the mistress walleye and drops the fabric piece on the counter. So if you could change it, please, mistress walleye. <laughs> the draper's wife takes the fabric out to the rear of the shop and returns with another piece, which she drops on the counter. There's an extra three inches on that, but you can have it for free, like clothing young girls is expensive. And looks like this might be an expense which you'll be having for quite a while now. She puts her tongue in her cheek and pushes it out, insolently. Why, what on earth do you mean? The draper's wife grins. Why, only seeing that as our my Lottie just got herself a man, and a fine one he is too. I just felt sorry for you with your spinster daughter. Spinster? She's only 17. Aye, <laughs> left on the shelf. Poor thing. Ethelberta leans across the counter. Well, my daughter doesn't freely consort with just any young man, so she doesn't have to rue the consequences, does she? Ethelberta smiles, calmly picks up the fabric and sails out, followed by Melda. Good day, mistress. Do you mean to say that you think that my daughter is... was an episode of the Baroness's Beef from the Greenlands Presents. I'd like to thank the brilliant Steve Cummings for editing this episode and the amazing David Berlin for making the music. We're just a small podcast. We don't have any marketing budget or anything, so we rely on word of mouth to get people to hear us. If you like us or think somebody else would like us, please drop us a review or share us on social media. Tag us and we will love you forever. If you want to know more about the worlds of the Greenlands or want to sell your spirits to an ancient and dark nature god, check out thegreenlands.com, the-greenlands.com. If you want to access our archive of previously seasons, check out YouTube channel The Greenlands Official. We love you all. Don't get cursed by a witch. See you next time.